0: Welcome to No More Mr. Nice Guy. My name is Katherine Brooks. I'm so excited to be here with you. And this particular moment in time is the culmination of many moments that preceded it. And to be here in this place where I am now, sitting on the floor in my bedroom studio in Austin, Texas has been truly many years in the making. And before we jump into anything, I would just like to share a few of those little dots on the timeline that got us right here. So actually back in 2017, me oh my, five to six years ago now, I really wanted to start the podcast. And I tried, and I was at that time going to start a podcast called Risky and interview people all about big risks they had taken. And I interviewed maybe six or seven people I knew who all had really rad life stories. We would sit at my dining room table and drink a bottle of wine and eat prosciutto. And so the first 30 minutes, usually all clear, second 30 minutes, a little loosey-goosey, shall we say, and nothing ever came of it. I recorded it. I had a really good friend who is an audio engineer offer to help. We edited a few episodes, but to be totally honest, I at that time had crippling self-doubt and just heaps of perfectionism that stood in the way. And so anytime I would even start to think about the podcast, I would spin out and it was bogging me down. I started to see the podcast as the enemy because it was such a stressful point in my life, which started as just a totally fun inspired idea. And I started to feel really guilty when that friend who was helping me would reach out and say, hey, where are we with things? I wanted to avoid those conversations. It was like the self-doubt wanted me to stop because things were far from perfect. And then the fact that I was stopping after having told so many friends that I was launching this podcast created some serious shame. And so the entire project just bottomed out. I did nothing with it. The audio files may be stored somewhere in the cloud, but that was one of many things that I tried to start and simply couldn't. The self-doubt that resided in my brain at the time uh, really just ruled the kingdom. The queendom, shall we say. I had no idea how to work with it, how to manage that, how to correct myself and show myself what's true. All that came later when I found coaching and hired my first coach and then eventually became a coach myself. So I wanted to share a little bit of that background. Since Risky, I have wanted to start a podcast. That desire never went away. I absolutely love audio as a storytelling medium. I love audio as a way to help people. I have gotten so much. My life has absolutely been positively impacted by podcasts and audio over the years. So I believe in it so strongly. And it's just been a dormant desire since 2017. Since I became a life coach, I have been thinking about, well, I would love to start one again. And I am a totally new person now. However, human brains come pre-programmed with resistance. If you have read Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, you know what I'm talking about. And the whole theme of that book is about resistance, resistance to creating what we are here to create. And if you experience resistance that feels so strong that you may not overcome it, I just want to say I'm right there with you. I had been trying to write episode one of this podcast for a month and a half. I've written probably 15 drafts of it. And earlier today, I was set on finishing draft number 15 when my eyeballs started to burn staring at the fucking Google Doc. And I decided to scrap that whole process and say, how about I just sit down and tell people what I'm doing here. So that's what we're gonna do today. This podcast is called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And here's why. As I've alluded to, I am a life coach and I coach men. I know what you might be thinking, why men? And that is such a common question that I get. So I started coaching in 2018. And during the pandemic, I was leading group coaching programs online one of those group coaching programs happened to be all men. And that was a singular lightning bolt moment of clarity for me around who I'm supposed to be supporting in this world. I absolutely love coaching men. And my foundational belief is that the more men who are fully and truly thriving on their terms, the better our whole world. Okay, so let's talk about The name of this podcast, No More Mr. Nice Guy. So many of the men who I have coached and many of the male friends in my life and many men I've dated have been nice guys. You, I'm sure, know a nice guy. You might be a nice guy. And actually, we are not here to shame nice guys. The whole nice guys finish last type finger pointing is not what we are doing around here. We are going to talk about what nice guy syndrome actually is. And, you know, imposter syndrome gets a lot of fame, but I believe nice guy syndrome deserves the same notoriety. It is pervasive. It is potent. And the way that it manifests in so many men is a shitload of anxiousness and misery. So nice guy syndrome is a pattern of beliefs and the foundational belief of a nice guy is if I'm nice, if I'm agreeable, then I deserve love and belonging and to have my needs met without having to ask for that. So nice guys exist in a transactional relationship with the world and people around them. They see other people as Validation ATM machines. I input my agreeable personality or I input a favor and I receive validation in return. Nice guys often experience a lot of anxiousness. And here's what's under the surface that is causing a lot of that. So, at the core, the nice guy does not believe that he's good enough, he thinks I'm not enough. And that is a really painful belief. And that alone creates a lot of anxiousness. And so the nice guy then seeks approval from other people, from his partner, from people at work, from people around him, because approval is a temporary balm for the anxiousness that comes from believing he's not enough. Therefore, nice guys are often in approval addiction. Approval is their drug, but like any drug, the efficacy wears off after a while. But the deeply embedded pattern of I'm nice and you give me recognition or I do you a favor and you validate me, it's just so deep in their bones that even when the approval isn't taking away that anxiousness, they're still seeking it because it's the only way they know how to feel good. So nice guys do not build themselves up. They really don't know how, and they're not in the practice of cultivating a relationship with themselves so that they don't have to depend on others to feel good about themselves. That's one of the things that we're going to do here. We are going to talk through what the hell it even looks like to build yourself up, what it would mean for you to let go of dependency on approval from others, how that might impact your life. So approval addiction is one of the main qualities. Nice guys also tend to lie a lot because they want to be seen as agreeable. They're nice, they're vanilla, they're inoffensive. And that might mean agreeing with one group and then agreeing with another group Simply to fit in and could be that they're agreeing to differing sets of opinions, creating some hypocrisy. Lying is also how nice guys get out of conflict. They're also very conflict avoidant and they might lie by omission. They might have information that could be supportive to tell someone, but they're not sharing it because it could potentially create conflict. And another defining factor of a nice guy is he's he's hiding in his life. He's a chameleon. He changes his colors to fit into different groups. He's hiding from who he really is. He's hiding in this costume, this charade of being the agreeable guy. He's also hiding from what he really wants. And he may not know what he really wants. He may not be connected to his desires at all. Or he may know. However, he's not pursuing them with any real oomph because he isn't fully in his power. He's not fully believing in himself. And he's certainly not seeing his own capability because he's so hooked into dependency and need from other people. A couple other notes about nice guys. And if you're recognizing yourself in these descriptions, yo, shout out to you. It's brave when any of us raise our hands and say, oh shit, I see a pattern here and that pattern's unhelpful and I want to change it. So if that's you in this moment, I just want to give you a huge shout out. And by the way, nice guy syndrome is not the end all. We're going to talk about really effective ways for you to shift some of these habits so that you can start to feel way less anxious, way more in control, way more connected to who you are, and like life is smoother. So a couple other traits of the nice guy, he's often a black and white thinker and there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things and he's constantly searching for the right way to do things. And when he hits a note that he believes is wrong, if he does something wrong, he's very hard on himself about that. There's also a lot of perfectionism that comes up with ni- nice guys. And what perfectionism is at its core is a, a shame-based coping mechanism. It's if I'm perfect, then I'll belong. If I'm perfect, then I can't be criticized. So it's, it's a self-protection. And perfectionism is... Often pervasive with nice guys because they're trying to uphold this performance, really, and it has to be perfect. They believe it has to be perfect. Nice guys sense that there's a big risk to imperfection. So they hide any qualities that they believe are flaws, that risk being social exclusion. And when you're addicted to approval, the idea of social exclusion means there goes your drug, there goes. The only way you know how to feel good about yourself, that's a huge risk to take. So that's a brief overview of what nice guy syndrome is, how it shows up. I'll tell you a quick story. I was on a date recently, and it was very clear to me pretty soon after we sat down that this man had nice guy syndrome. He told me a story about 30 minutes into this date, which was the first time that we were meeting about how his best friend's wife one night had drunkenly hit on him and then told him, please don't tell my husband. He never said anything. I would say that this was omission. And that incident was happened two years prior. And the lie, the lack of truth telling to his best friend was clearly eating him up inside enough that He wanted to share this story with a stranger who he was just meeting. It was clear that this was causing him extreme agitation to be really holding on to this secret. But he was the nice guy, the one who didn't stir things up, the one who didn't create conflict. And when I asked him why he didn't tell his friend, he said, I don't want to be the one who ruins their marriage. Now, there's a lot we could unpack here, but the lens that I want to see this through is that. He was unwilling to step out of his stance of the nice guy where he knew he was safe because he wasn't creating conflict. He was unwilling to step out of that in order to maintain connection with his best friend. Because he was holding the secret, he really pulled back from the friendship and he said that the friendship was dissolving. So I'm sharing this because... Sometimes nice guy syndrome, some of the patterns that are baked into it, one unfortunate result is a lack of connection and a real reduction in the quality of connections because nice guys don't allow other people to truly see them. That feels like way too big of a risk. So why am I obsessed with nice guy syndrome so much that I'm willing to start a podcast on it? Here's what really makes me lit up about this. So nice guy syndrome, in essence, it's a pattern of beliefs that create certain actions. Ultimately it's a set of habits and we can change habits. Nice guys, when I'm coaching them, often describe that they have a lot of anxiousness and they do not have a strong belief in themselves. The men I coach tend to be quite oriented toward their own growth, but they come up against obstacles, especially obstacles like saying no when they really mean no, or obstacles like when they get rejected in any way, shape, or form, it can just topple them or spin them out for weeks. What coaching does and why I love it is because It helps build momentum in the direction you actually want to go. And when I think about momentum, I think about a set of mindset and habits. And the mindset and habits that you have now are creating your reality now. And the mindset and habits that are going to get you where you want to go are brand new. However, hashtag inertia. The momentum that you've got right now is with your current mindset and habits. And there is resistance to changing that energy flow into something new. That is why I want to share three ways, the three primary ways that I've found have been most supportive for my clients who have nice guy syndrome in stepping out of it. And I want to name that what it means to step out of nice guy syndrome is to build a new MO, an MO that doesn't create the misery and anxiousness that low grade live with you all day, every day right now. We want to create a new set of mindset and habits that create how you actually want to feel. Maybe that's fulfilled. Maybe it's satisfied. Maybe it's happy. Maybe it's joyful. Maybe it's... Connected to yourself, connected to others. But nice guy syndrome is predictable. It predictably creates suffering. And if you are feeling so bold as to step out of what is predictable, which is not what our brains want us to do. Our brains want us to stay stuck in what's familiar. But if you are so bold to want to try something new so that your experience of your own life feels differently than it does now then you are in the right place you have come to the right party all right here are the three steps and i'm going to introduce these today and we are going to dive into them so much more here are the three steps that my clients have found to be most supportive to shift them out of nice guy syndrome and they are figure out what you want Nice guys are often disconnected from their desires. And when I say, well, what do you really want here? They don't know. Take a pen and a piece of paper and ask yourself, what do I want? And let a rip. Let out everything that comes into your brain. Even if those things seem completely not even physically possible, allow them to come out because this process is simply to help you reconnect to yourself. Do not cut this off at the knees. Pen and paper, five minutes, what do I want? And it's okay to not have an enormous breakthrough on day one of you doing this, but the goal is to figure out what you want. And that could be what you want in work, what you want in the contribution you wanna make, what you want in the type of, Community you're creating, in the type of partnership you have or desire to have, in the type of health and well being. What do you want? Name it. So that's step one. Figure out what you want. Step two is say no when you mean no. Nice guys often say yes when they mean no. Resentment ensues, repressed anger ensues. Sulking. Ensues passive aggressive behavior. Ensues start saying no when you mean no, even if it feels like it's going to kill you. Because you starting to speak truthfully for yourself is definitely going to feel uncomfortable at first, and it is absolutely going to guide you toward the type of life and reality and integrity. you're feeling called toward. So that's number two. Number three, build yourself up. Nice guys lean on everybody else to tell them they're doing a great job and then they beat themselves to death. You've got to learn how to be your own source of positive fuel, how to have compassion for yourself, how to speak kindly to yourself and to know That when you are fueling yourself from positivity, from believing in you, from being your primary source of approval, that level of energy that you have is so much more vibrant and rich than when your fuel source is, I'm not enough, I have to do more, no one takes me seriously, Nothing I do is ever enough. Using those beliefs to fuel you takes a shitload more energy than being your own source of recognition and validation. So figure out what you want, say no when you mean no, and build yourself up. These are the three ways that we are going to focus on to help you step out of nice guy syndrome and step into what's true for you. There is no prescriptive path here. I'm not saying you're going to stop being a nice guy and you're going to start being this certain way. In fact, being a nice guy is preventing you from accessing what's actually true for you. So the opposite of it is being you. And I want to help you get there. So welcome to No More Mr. Nice Guy. I cannot wait to party in this space with you and to really help you step in to a way of life that feels a lot healthier, feels a lot calmer, and that feels like you're really, truly making a contribution with your gifts, even if you've never thought that that might be possible for you. So welcome. You're in the right place. It is so wonderful to connect with you. In the show notes, you will find a link to book a discovery call with me. If you are curious about coaching, let's talk. Click that link, schedule a call. We'll jump on the phone for an hour. I'm gonna take you through a clarity exercise and you're gonna figure out if you and I might be the right fit for my one-to-one coaching program. I help high achieving men truly thrive on their own terms. That often means overcoming nice guy syndrome and or perfectionism and simply getting unstuck so that you can continue your mission in this world and have a fucking great time doing it. So if that sounds like something that you're curious about, click the Calendly link in the show notes and get on my calendar. Let's talk. Thank you so much for being here. Such a treat. We'll be back next week.